My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey everyone, Callaway's Rogue Driver was in the bag of second place finisher Kelly Kraft at last week's military salute at the Greenbrier Classic. And House, I think I swore I saw some jailbreak, like the sun hit hit those rods, and I think it caught my eye and from Shaq, the bag of Kevin Naw. Was that the winner? There was. I'll tell you what, Shaq. I was paying close attention. I'm pretty sure I saw something epic going on <laughs> in that Kevin Naw bag. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, and of course, the great Shaq House former guest Harold Varner at, a, at an excellent tournament. Uh, I thought I saw something in his bag too. But anyway, the rogue, the epic. Callaway drivers, they're the number one on the European Tour and the LPGA last week where there was some epic scoring. Let's go to the Shack House. House, greetings from sauna-like Southern California. I know you're not going to really feel too much empathy for our weather since you just were in Las Vegas. I enjoyed all the coverage. Loved all of your Instagram stories from from Sin City. That was wonderful. Touching. Thank you, Shaq. I'm 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 very pleased to be here, and I mean that literally. I'm very pleased to have survived <laughs> the Vegas experience. Uh, we are, of course, here on the Shaq House, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can listen to House of Cars. Last week we had on Brooks Headley to discuss his punk rock musical origins. Mm. He was a hero of mine at Born Against. Okay. Uh, opening his restaurant, Superiority Burger, eating vegan in his new cookbook about the Superiority Burger experience. Also, don't forget to go to theringer.com to check out uh, all of the fun that we had in Vegas, all of the survival skills mm. we deployed. And there is an incredible video out there right now starring Jason Concepcion Network called mm. My Quest. I'm going to leave it at that. You have okay. to go online and check that out. 
Very cool. And you had Steve Lavin as your uh, maitre d' there at Caesars. That was very cool. <laughs> we had a lot of different. Uh, I had to zoom in on the photo. Go, is that Steve Lavin? Yeah, it's um, possible. He's available. Anyway, he wasn't tan enough. Anyway, so today on Shack House, we're going to uh, recap uh, what's been going on since uh, we've been away uh, with a couple of uh, interesting developments, and uh, then we're going to talk a little bit of Scottish Open and maybe a little bit of Open Championship preview of the preview and and then we're joined today uh by matt ryan the atlantic falcons quarterback uh who is exactly the person i know you all think of when you think scottish open but you're going to be surprised so house since we've been away alan shipnuck broke a big story tiger woods phil mickelson possibly looking at a match for $10 million, winner takes all. <laughs> I can't say that without laughing. There's no chance that somebody's going away empty-handed, please. But anyway, uh, your impressions. You were in Vegas when this broke. It sounded like this is a Las Vegas-driven concept. Shadow Creek was the hoped-for venue on July 3rd. I, I, I have no idea why. Uh, I hope they were going to play this under the lights because <laughs> July 3rd golf in Vegas is a little tough. But um your take on the concept, uh, the, this this revelation? Yeah, I I can attest it. It was uh, easily a hundred degrees at night uh, <laughs> out there. I mean, it was otherworldly, stifling. Mm. So I hope these guys. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, where on this the calendar this is going to fall since it didn't happen before the fourth. Um, obviously, I love this. This is brilliant. Um, I don't know who gets credit. I love the backstory to it where obviously these dudes were probably, my guess would be like in the December, January timeframe, mm-hmm. collaborating, right? They're together. They're, I don't know if they're texting. I don't know what kind of pals Tiger and Phil are at this stage of the game, but clearly they recognize their uh, status uh, and, and their appeal and their place in the game at the moment. And they, there was obvious collaboration well in advance of the Masters because of the the very targeted, you know, hint dropping by by both of them at the Masters. You know, we're gonna who's gonna beat whose butt, and why don't we just go to the final round and play it? You know, all that stuff was yeah. obviously very deliberate, um, right up my alley. I'm <laughs> fine with it, and I the only thing that that caught me by surprise is that we're only talking about ten million. I mean. It's got to be at least $25 million if we're going to try and cover some of Phil's uh, uh, back debt, right? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, this is an interesting question. Uh, two guys who have a lot of money, uh, is it compelling that they're just playing for money and one of them takes home $10 million? I mean, it, it's, it's life-changing for a lot of people. I don't know if it's life-changing for, for these two. And so, therefore, is it, is it compelling? See, I think it'd be more fun if there was a match play component where they were, maybe they could press um, when somebody gets two down and I'm going to press, you know, it's a $2 million press. Or if they were somehow putting their own money and then it was being matched or doubled. Um, I, I, I just wonder if at this point that's uh, something that takes away from this. Or is this in the vein of the old Nicholas Palmer uh, challenge matches. Uh, uh, Gary Player and Palmer used to challenge people, and they were made for TV. And it was more about the match and and the exotic locale they go to, and uh, maybe some different production values. You know, everybody's got a mic on. I mean, we haven't really had anything like that in a few years now, and the technology's changed a lot. 
where uh, the things that we had were those those nighttime matches and under the lights and skins game and all that. Uh, television can do so much more production wise to make it something special when they're just dealing with a few players. But the money but, thing, you know, that doesn't strike you as a, a deterrent or a something because you saw what I did on my site. Probably I put because I said this smells like pay per view to me. Yeah, right? that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I will tell you, um, at this early stage, I didn't uh, process this as uh, a thing where some big chunk of money is going into one person's pocket. I thought this was kind of being he- introduced as, you know, this grand $10 million thing for the purposes of some some eye-grabbing, but um, that the ultimate details of how the money. I my expectation, one hundred percent, is that a humongous chunk of this is going to charity. Um, what I what I like, and you got the wheel <laughs> spinning now, is uh-huh. what is what's the threshold? What's the pain threshold for those two dudes? Like, if we said this is a ten million dollar all in event for the charity of choice, and then these guys had to match out of their pocket, what's the pain threshold? And I love this idea of the presses and everything. But where does it start to hurt? Where does one guy, you know, between the the, yeah. pri- the p- pride point, you know, c- carries quite a bit of it. Both of them are are deep competitors. They're playing for pride. But, you know, coming out of pocket a little bit, you know, they, yeah. they both obviously will support the, whatever the charity is, their charity of choice. Where's the pain threshold? Well, with Tiger, it tends to be a much lower threshold because he's he's not in the Scottie Pippen category, but he's definitely uh, known for his, uh, shall we say, lean tipping. Whereas uh, Phil, you know, just gives out C notes like their their dollar bills to you and I. So uh, I think that at this point, it's it, there is uh, it's a difference for for both, but I think they're both doing just fine. So I don't know if there is one that's at a dollar figure that anybody wants to know about. It'll 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 almost be uh off-putting in a way. It'll just sort of like, "Oh my gosh, this doesn't even phase him." But I mean, they would tell they would say the right things and and all that. I just I just don't know if um if I can believe that they would do a winner take all that somebody would show for for nothing, but well, it, it, has there been any more? Am I am I completely off base? Or is the idea that the money will go into one person's pocket or that? Yeah, you know? it, the, the the first concept was a winner take all match, and I don't know that if they're what the charity charity component is, but well, it needs they, to be the, the, the whole winner. thing. I mean, the charity no, is the no, I mean, no, no. no. <laughs> these, these guys don't work for free. See, I think the more compelling concept is is something where you see uh Apple or Netflix uh or Amazon create a series around these two where it's not just one thing maybe it kicks off with one big live event um but then then it becomes something where again they just rip off the old school all-star golf um uh, shells wonderful world of golf and they they go to different parts of the world. They play. Maybe they team up. See, because I think another problem, House, is this whole kumbaya task force bond they have now it takes another little bit of an edge away from such a match, you know? And, uh, so we're I not going to believe any animus they show we're going to think is fake. 
Is that what you're and, saying? Well, uh, well, unless Phil starts batting down fescue grass in front of the tee and Tiger goes, what are you doing, dude? That's two shots right <laughs> is there. A, is that a violation? I think that might be a violation. Uh, is that a violation? Check. Yeah. Um, is there a rule on that? So, I mean, they could create, like, a, a, in wrestling, they could have some faux... So, uh, animals. Oh, yeah. I just, I don't know. Tiger's really got me convinced. He's just, he's just a different person now. And that instead of getting mad at something like that, he's entertained by it. He finds it funny and I, and he should, he's at an age where he's seen it all and, uh, he really knows better and it, and it, it doesn't, he's seen worse things in the world and he, he knows there are bigger problems that people have. And it, so he finds it funny instead of, instead well, of getting it, you, annoyed. So I, that, but now you put, I think somebody nominated Rory and Poulter versus Tiger and and Phil, or yes. you get Serge, Sergio. Sergio would be great fun because he does still annoy them <laughs> for some reason, um, and uh, so I think you need a little of that. But so so anyway, so my point is, what if it's a package? You pay a hundred dollars, yeah. and you get. Um, uh, you get this pay-per-view package for for uh, whatever it is, a six-series thing where they maybe they play each other twice and then they play two or three or four other challenge matches. Um, that seems to me like the only model that works on the on the pay-per-view concept. All of that um, is fine. Obviously, I would pay, and I like very much the idea of a series. I hope that there is some intelligence that you have on this that you're not sharing just quite yet because it's not fully baked. No, I hope that- I don't. Come on, Shaq. Um, that's the whole point. You're the you're the guy with well, the ear to the ground. I, I mean, I, the pay per view. I'm very confident in because I have I have heard that that's the way it works uh, the best or is the most compelling way to do this. Well, it's, I- it's hard to see. It's hard to see. Uh, my friends at the Golf Channel, NBC, CBS, or ESPN uh, fronting uh, the kind of money to make this work. I mean, the skins game no longer works, House, because it requires a certain amount of money and uh, to make it compelling by modern standards. So I think the only way you get the numbers up is through pay-per-view. And, well, no, I, uh, plus, I, you, it just adds a different element to it and kind of an excitement factor and, and 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 we'll get to all deal with a buffering stream and fun things like that now you just mentioned three <laughs> entities where the money is irrelevant right all they right, want exactly. is unique content right. so in the interest of unique content a series makes a ton of sense i think the least interesting of the competitions will be phil against tiger head to head where one of them wins money that that out of all the possibilities is like the least interesting to me what is interesting is is what you tapped into, which is absolutely one of the directions this has to go, which is those two teamed up taking on comers. And my nominee for the very first team that they take on is Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed, because I want to see the yeah, old dudes see, that take fan- on yeah. the sure. fire of the young dudes and go oh, yeah. kick some ass. I mean, that that would be genuine fire. I think those right. guys, you know, would would or wouldn't give Patrick Reed or Jordan Spieth an inch. And I think there would be genuine, uh, you know, Phil and Tiger are at a stage of their careers um, where they'll they'll be able to muster a little bit. But I think you know, there would be genuine, uh, you know, live fire, but with with that Reed Spieth combo going up against Tiger because Reed is out of his mind. Right. So he, all right. all by itself, and and we need this to be. I love this concept of them wearing mics. It's Patrick Reed with a mic in a competition where he thinks he's the best guy out of the foursome that I'm going to pay a hundred bucks for 
you know, if it's a six and part series, I'm paying the hundred bucks. But what I'm really want out of that is 18 holes, four hours of Patrick Reed or five hours of Patrick Reed. Yeah, no, I think that would be fantastic. And then you go to the right golf courses, you go somewhere interesting. You know, they were going to do this at Shadow Creek, which uh, isn't my style of course design, but nobody's seen it. It's it's been a place that's very private, so that would have been kind of exotic. Um, it's it's cool. I've played it. It's cool. So yeah, there 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 are ways to make this a lot of fun and make it interesting. And I I I hope they don't rush it. I, I hope they because. But what is interesting, House, is I've been reading up on on the open and kind of getting in the mood, you know, you know, this young Tom and old Tom Morris played the parks all the time. And they had these money challenge matches. And, and by the way, that's the other thing. I would love to see a format, um, you know, where they, they, and I'm assuming Vegas was hoping to bring in something that, that made it a little bit more interesting to bet. I don't know. I don't know what that would be, but they would come up with some exotics, but it's it's been a part of the game for a long time. So, Say again. Uh, th- these kinds of matches have been a part of the game from the very beginnings, so they would just be continuing that tradition. But it would be great to see it done at a at a new level. And and uh, I, I've just got to think you're right. It's one of those entities that's that has fu money, and they're just going to throw it out there. And um, but I hope it's I hope the execution is well thought out. That's that's key. Yeah, um, right. It's okay even for them to go ahead and test the waters a little bit with this first event and go down the, in the same way that the Olympics, you know, went right down the middle with a vanilla stroke play competition. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they're repeating the mistake. It's not a mistake. Yeah. It's a way of, of intro- reintroducing the world to, to, to golf as a competition. But the really interesting way to do Olympic golf is by teams. And I think in the same way, we'll let this go ahead and walk out. They'll get a reaction. It'll have enough momentum to go ahead. And maybe they've already worked all this out um, in terms of a series, in terms of the team play and so forth. I mean, some of the previous made-for-TV events included the um, uh, uh, co-ed competitions with Annika and uh, who who was the – who did Annika play with? It was Tiger and Annika – and Sergio, I think, and um, why am I forgetting her name from Mexico? Oh, Lorena Ochoa. That's yeah, right. yeah. Well, yeah. Wasn't that a wasn't that a uh, one of the the, the last television? I believe television? it was. Yeah, yeah. And that run of uh, the Terry Jastrow produced, yeah, primetime golf things. Yeah, there was something like that. God, I've I've forgotten a lot about those. There was a showdown at Sherwood, and yeah. it was cool to have the the element of kind of under the lights and live TV. Right. Um, but I. I um, yeah, and I and I would hope that if they play a, a team format, it's a, it's they play alternate shot match play, uh, which is which is faster and also uh, compelling. And uh, oh, I mean, wanna, especially you know, there's yeah, especially for the shit talking. That, that alternate shot match play is awesome. Yeah, I mean that. Well, there's also just the the stress between a, a partners when if yeah. somebody's a little bit off. So right, it, and maybe they play thirty six in that. I don't know to give people their money's worth, but. Um, Anyway, I think it's exciting that they're putting it out there. I just do uh, I do wonder about a couple of these elements. Again, I would I would love to see something creative where, you know, Phil goes two down, I'm going to I'm going to press you. I got to press for 2 million dollars. Yeah. Um, I don't know what this how this gets into their uh relationship with the PGA Tour in terms of integrity and gambling and oh, um I mean they gamble on Tuesdays for amounts that, that the tour knows are 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 eye-opening amounts, not $2 million it's presses. It's been going on for 40 years. Uh, so, yeah, on. but I mean, they they are, 
I'm sure going to be very sensitive to these kinds of things with some of the changes uh, that are that are going to be occurring with gambling. So I think those are elements they have to check, and they just have to get essentially the tours blessing on these things. This, this there are uh, components I mean, to their relationship with the tour. Do they? So come on, yeah, do, yeah. Do well, they? I mean, they they're, they're going to throw out a date, and the tour is going to say, "Wait, you, you can't be doing this on the." You know, the Thursday of the the Greenbrier or whatever and, and, it is. Oh, and you, and you think Tiger and Phil will say, "Oh, okay, oh, oh okay, Kamish, um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll abide, we'll abide the wishes of this, uh, you know, yeah. third tier uh, regional event." Yeah, they 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 have to. They they do. There, there are ways that the tour could could uh, uh, retaliate. <laughs> I, 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 at, at their own peril. Oh sure, I wish, sure. I wish them the best, oh, the best of luck. Taking on Tiger it, and Phil, it would never become uncivil or anything. But I'm sure yeah. that's part of this this uh, process. And the tour has been a little busy trying to uh, put together the new schedule, which will be out probably by the time that this uh, podcast is being listened to. Which is why you and I are not going to uh, talk about the new schedule because I believe it's going to be released uh, this week. So, um, all right, let's take a quick break. Uh, our friends at uh, Callaway just uh, have a fantastic, epic Callaway Live guest this week. The man who loves his Chrome Soft, who loves his Truvis, the great Tom Watson, five-time Open champion. Whoa, I so, had no idea. Yeah. Oh, this, that's so awesome. I knew he was on this season, but I didn't know it was, it was tomorrow. It's a great it's, time um, for this. It's on Tuesday this week to just add to your, uh, your list of, uh, I mean, there's some great Open Championship mood setting stuff golf channels got the as we're recording this tonight the 99 open uh documentary which i hear is sensational i gotta tell you i watched the re- rebroadcast last week of sergio v harrington down the stretch i forgot how zany that open championship was callaway's or uh, carnoustie does amazing things but anyway so does callaway uh so check out callaway live um on the uh, interweb Go to YouTube. Uh, that that uh, episode begins at uh, 6 p.m. Pacific time on Tuesday, and I'm sure Tom will talk all things uh, his career, the Open, his love of Truvis, uh, which is now the strong number two seller, the Callaway Chromesoft is. Uh, and, uh, of course, the Truvis is uh, becoming, well, cool with almost everybody. House, I know you're... Uh, you're you're still on the fence, but you know I love them. No, I I, I just you, you you have no idea. I just I ordered a, a an ungodly amount of the stars and stripes. <laughs> I really did. I, you oh, know. you're so patriotic. Well, I, they're cool. I love them. I saw them with Shinnecock, and there was none available. I'm like, you know, what do I got to do? Who do I have to call? Who do you have to call? I think you know who. All right, so now uh, I think you have a word from our friends at Helix. Absolutely good. People at Helix sleep. There is nobody on the planet like you, my shack house pal. So why would you buy a mattress built for anyone else? Working with the world's leading sleep experts, Helix Sleep has developed a mattress that is customized to your specific height, weight, and sleep preferences so you can have the best sleep of your life at an unbeatable price. Here's how it works. Get yourself over to helixsleep.com. They have a two-minute sleep quiz that help, lets them understand what kind of sleeper you are. And then they design your custom mattress. And if you like, they can even customize the other side of it for a partner. 
In 2018, Helix Sleep has taken customized sleep to the next level with the Helix Pillow. These all-new pillows are fully adjustable, so you can achieve perfect comfort regardless of sleep position or body type. Helix Sleep has thousands of five-star reviews, and you get 100 nights to try them out. Go to helixsleep.com slash right now, and you will get up to $125 toward your mattress order. That's helixsleep.com slash shackhouse for up to $125 towards the mattress order. Helixsleep.com slash shackhouse. Do it today. Wow, $125. That's awesome. Beautiful. So house. I know. All right, before we get to Matt Ryan, we have to kick around a few things. So this week, uh, we have the Scottish Open at uh, Gullen Golf Club, which we'll get into uh, some details on here. We also have the John Deere Classic, where Bryson DeChambeau is the defending champion. And then the, the players who are in the Open get on the plane and uh, head on over to the Open. And of course, House, the U.S. Senior Women's Open at the unbelievably private and never before seen on any scale nationally Chicago Golf Club, which I highly recommend everybody tune in. I'm going to put some coverage up on my blog. Andy Johnson's done some beautiful uh, history coverage of Chicago Golf Club and some flyovers to uh, help you see this Seth Rayner golf course that was originally a C.B. McDonald. And it is a an otherworldly place. And the idea that they're playing a big-time tournament there is amazing. But so is it, House, that they're playing at Gullen. I know they were there a few years ago, 2015, before the Open Championship. Ricky Fowler held off Matt Kuchar. Um, and it was a big, big deal to go to Gullen. That was the first time it had ever really played or uh, host to something that significant. It's always been a, uh, an Open Championship qualifying venue. And it is just the most bizarre in a great way links it uh, starts in the town. You move up to the top of Gullen Hill, and then you you kind of trundle down in this beautiful lynx land overlooking uh, the ocean. There are old military relics and uh, some fantastic holes. And the thing house that we are going to see, if we watch, uh, if you watch, I'll be there beginning Thursday, uh, are lynx golf courses that are as crispy as they have been since Muirfield in 2013. We've had a lot of rain the last few years. And I think this is going to be an absolutely mind-boggling year for Lynx Golf. Just seeing all the photographs of, of various golf courses, how yellow they already are. And, and, it, and it looks like this week the weather's going to continue for a few more days of baking them out. So uh, since we've been gone, Francesco Molinari won the Quicken Loans National. Tiger uh, made a pretty nice showing there. And then Kevin Na, of course, won the, the Greenbrier. And uh, those are two players who I believe will be uh, guys to watch in the uh, Open Championship because it's just going to be a style of golf that I think is a little more precision. It's a little more scrambling around the greens and short game touch. And it's not going to be a bomber's paradise. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens uh, at going. And uh, and then uh, as we transition to Carnoustie. Yeah, so I... I this is going to be um, a, a rare occasion. I'm a guy that that very much enjoys watching the PGA Tour week to week, um, seeing the courses, uh, reminding myself, oh, yeah, I like the way this course looks, or oh, yeah, I remember this feature. This is a rare week where I'm going to watch almost no PGA <laughs> Tour because <laughs> yeah. uh, I am, first of all, 
very captivated by the idea of seeing Ghislaine and and adjusting Gullen. my eyes. Gullen, Gullen, <laughs> Gullen. I mean, you know, if you heard me before, I'm gonna, I get names. I wrong. know, I know. I'm just trying to prevent you I from getting the, the Twitter pushback. That's from fine. The, from the Scots, they they by now they know. Um, the, the, I love that we have. Uh, I, I want to adjust my eyes. We, we're going to be u- using some some real um, Crayola colors. We have burnt sienna, I think, and maybe some. <laughs> we're going to have some khaki yeah. haze. Mm-hmm. We're going to have some baked out browns. I mean, we're, it's going to be a, a, a real adjustment. It's it's going to be such a departure from what we see week to week in terms of competitive golf. I will also tell you. Um, I love that we're uh, across the pond because I'll get to watch the the competition uh, at, at Gullen, and, and that's the or- early morning. And then the later afternoon and, and evening, what I'm watching is the senior women's at this club because it, it, in the same way that I couldn't get enough of watching the LPGA at um, Wilshire and how um, – Stark and stunning that course. It wasn't stark in the sense of of it yeah, um, yeah. not being lush, but I just I didn't know what to anticipate. And there was elevation changes. Yeah, and it looked character. like there were the yeah. greens were hidden, and I mean all of the creative um, design elements that make Wilshire so special. It was really uh, uh, cool, and I was I liked very much trying to learn the ins and outs of that. And I'm very psyched to to have a repeat. Here with the Chicago uh, Golf Club. Uh, it's, yeah, and and some of those women have been out of the limelight a long time, and and some of them are incredible players and have had incredible careers. So it'll be neat for them to get some attention. But um, just and just a reminder, the the uh, coverage of the European Tours event, the uh, the Scottish Open, it starts on Golf Channel, but then remember it moves to NBC on the weekend for the. Uh, the, the key part of the the leaders playing the golf course on on Gullen Hill. So uh, that's at like twelve thirty to three Eastern. So oh, that's remember great. they they tee off really late in the yeah. Scottish to uh, uh, appeal to American TV. And then of course the American Century Championship is on after that too. House should you want some celebrity golf, which you know uh, or. I or believe an, Steph Curry is playing. Well, and, or, uh, an, or an important nap, which is exactly what I'm going to take at that moment. Well, that's a, that's yeah, a great thing to have on the background. Nap. There's that golf does uh, provide that wonderful opportunity sometimes. Aaron Rodgers is playing. Tony Romo's in the field. Really? You're not. You're not. <laughs> uh, let's see who else we got. Reggie Bush, Larry Fitzgerald. No. Uh, no. Uh, if no I want to see bums playing golf, I'll just go out Friday as I'm <laughs> oh, going wait, wait, to no, and no, play no. with my pals. Oh, no, no, no. Charles Barkley's there. Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> Kevin Nealon. Ray Romano. It's a, it's Brian Erlacher. I can watch bad golf with, 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 my, with my crew. All I have okay. to do is go out with my my pals. Well, I think it's still pretty cool that Steph Curry and Aaron Rodgers are, are there. You have two guys that are you know athletes still at the, at the top of their game and their sports, and they uh, go out and play pretty well uh, well that, it's, it's it's cool but anyway that that's so fine I'm not i wish watch. i wish I'll matt ryan was in was uh in working yeah. order he's he's got game but he's got his twins his twin boys at home so he's not gonna be out there joining those boys now uh, yeah no and i he he did a few of these events a few years ago but he has a very set um schedule so before we talk about him is there anything else you want to know about gullen do you want to hear about how the 
Um, you know, it dates to 1650, and the Weavers of Duralton used to play the Weavers of, of Aberlady and the Old oh. Hansel on Mondays. And um, <laughs> it used to be a racehorse training ground as well, too, if you really want to go into the deep wonkery of Gullen. But um, okay, well, that's. Uh, I w- but the I will thing to keep he- in mind there is that Ricky, yeah. Ricky won it there last time. Yeah. Matt Kuchar played incredibly. They are both already over there. Yeah. Um, Kuchar was at Wimbledon in the Royal Box. I think half of the golf universe has been in the Royal Box. I saw today it was Bjorn had uh, like the whole Ryder Cup uh, coaching staff, which means they filled up the box. But uh, uh, Ricky was playing North Berwick um, today with a with a push cart, which I thought was really cool to see. And um, it's uh, it's neat to see who uh, who all's going over. You had a list of some of the Americans who were making the trek, which is I think always nice to point out. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, Patrick Reed, who is uh, leading the European yeah. Tours race yeah. in Dubai, How about that? Uh, is obviously over there. Uh, uh, Phil is going to make a reappearance. I think he took last year off, didn't he? Did he take the Scottish he did. Open? He did. Yeah, he took last. So he, he's he's back. Uh, and then we have a few um, debut performances. Kevin Chappell, Luke List, Charlie Hoffman, they're all going to be over there. And Julian Surrey is making hmm. his Scottish Open debut. Um, he was um, quite excellent in France until the back nine, and it looked like he got a little bit of winteritis. Mm. He got yeah. he started thinking the, that he might win, and his knee started knocking a little bit. I watched that. That was a really mm. um, that 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 Ryder Cup this coming year at this uh, club in France is going to be ballsy. It's going to be great. There was so much risk reward. And it really ate up a bunch of guys. And Alex Norin won the event a couple of weeks ago. And I, I, I used Ballsy. He was not cowed by the course. And a lot of guys were, were just getting stuck. I mean, Sergio had a chance to win the tournament. And he got stuck. Uh, John Rahm had a chance to win the tournament. And they, it was just eating, eating guys up. I, I, I really enjoyed it, to be honest with you. Yeah. No, it's going to be great. They have You're right. Risk-reward holes. And as far as Ryder Cup venues go, it's going to have probably more volatility than and, and intrigue than any we've seen in a while. They act like it's, you know, we're going to the old course of St. Andrews architecturally. It's not that great, but it is, uh, I mean, when you look at some of the places they've gone in Europe, uh, <laughs> they're, they are just not interesting. So this is going to be fantastic. Uh, well, let, no y- question. Oh, and I, by I, the way, there is a, there is a Ryder Cup scouting trip um, this weekend. Jim Furyk is over there. Tiger is doing. I think I read something in London, some some event. So he'll stop in at that. Phil will probably do some zany, uh, take the jet down, uh, be seen in the morning, and then hopefully have an afternoon tea time at the Scottish kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they'll be doing their scouting trip and figuring what? all the uh, captains will be figuring out what uh, what what's the best way to get the wives from the thirteenth tee to the <laughs> to the clubhouse in well, uh, the shortest also, time all, as possible. All credit to Justin Thomas who played the event. Exactly. And also, you know, could could have he was on the leaderboard for a little bit there. He couldn't putt uh, at yeah. that particular event, but he was definitely ball striking well enough. He was on the top page, the front page of the leaderboard for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, I will, uh, and if you have any bets, you know, you just feel free to let me know. I'll be, uh, I'll be hitting the the local shop there uh, as we get closer to the open. I I don't anticipate Francesco Molinari being a very good value, and a few of the other names we've probably thrown out in the past who are playing well. But uh, well, it should be a it should be a fun betting open. I certainly am. Uh, I'm going to be just running to bet on Rory missing the cut because these conditions are just like they were in at Muirfield in 2013, and he hated them. And uh, he had a so-so Irish Open last week. 
I just don't think he likes firm and fast golf, so uh, I don't well, wait, think I'll which, get a very good price which, on that. But which which what are you talking about? We talking, talking about, about the o, the open the open. Oh well, the yeah, open. Yeah. Well, so look, yeah. the, you you you've well, now I might make it right in the Scottish too, but it's I don't think right. I'll get there in time. Well, I mean, I'll bet on the Scottish. I'm not afraid, <laughs> but but I I am working on my my strategy here. This is the pre okay. preview show. Yeah, right. We're going to have the actual Open Championship preview show next Monday. But but let me walk this through. Uh, we we've now talked uh, about the heat wave. We've talked about the color of the turf and the terrain. We already know that that successful links play. It's a, it is its own animal, a style of golf that requires um, careful planning, careful targeting. Um, Luck. Clo- <laughs> well, str- uh, very Luck strategic cl- club selection. Luck of the draw, but here's the, 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 and obviously the most important factor, a strong ground game. Yeah. So I have a kind of profile that I'm working on here, a working thesis right now. And I'm going to, I want to hit on some of these guys that I think are great golf thinkers. Uh, and I'm talking about, you know, young guys and, and, and older guys, uh, obviously on the young side, uh, we, we talk about Jordan, Speeth, we talk about Bryson DeChambeau, two uh, two guys who are obviously over the top in terms of thinking through the game and very verbal about it. Um, and, and, but I think we, you know, so, some other guys that I would sort of include in there who have shown a real strategic competence: Jason Day and Brooks Kepka. These are the kinds of names I'm thinking about. I'm formulating on. I keep coming back. The homie Brendan Porath at SB Nation um, posted a transcript from. Um, the the uh, Chronicles of a Champion Golfer, which is a couple a year and yeah, a half those ago. Are, uh, okay. Golf Channel ran a, a series of, of yeah, six. Yeah. six it, it's quite all, excellent. It's available yeah, on Netflix ran, and, and on On Demand. I highly yeah. recommend it to folks as this uh, opened. They'll also be running a few more around, leading up to the Open. They had new ones just this uh, last week debut on Trevino and Paul Laurie and Nick Price. Oh, I saw the Paul Laurie one. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, They're there were tremendous. The first six didn't were like Tiger and Greg Norman, right, and, right, right, and, and uh, uh, Jack, and you know, right. a couple, couple others. But um, the 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 uh, the quote that 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 Porath was kind enough to um, post on, on on the Twitter with, with Tiger going through sort of the his mental. Uh, experience of learning. Um, he's talking about it at the old course primarily, but you know the 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 very um, dis- discreet and distilled thinking, the smart thinking, and the the, the disposition of of taking um, the breaks as as they come. You know, being curious about the challenge as opposed to having anxiety over the challenge. How can I not include Tiger in this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. More importantly, it's going to be so firm and fast. He's going to hit like two drivers all week. So <laughs> let's cut to the chase, House. Is, uh, is this is going to going to be true I, of everybody? I, I think this is going to be about driving irons, and that's why when you mentioned Kepka, I was like, oh boy, he's he's so good. He's so good with those long irons off the tee. Um, yeah, it's. I just think I I'm having a hard time now. We'll see. We'll get there. We'll see what the roughs like. Uh, we'll see how it the forecast changes if it if it suddenly starts raining a lot and everything gets softened up. But it just the sense right now is this is going to be a Hoy Lake type year where it's going to be about uh, hitting stingers off the tee. And and you know Phil did that beautifully at Muirfield when he won. 
which is why if he could he could uh, get locked in here and focused, I think he's a another person who should love these conditions. And and Tiger loves firm and fast. He contended at that open as well. So uh, yeah, no, he's certainly going to be somebody who uh, will be formidable. And and the, and the conditions are definitely going to, I think, favor favor those kinds of players. Some some veteran experience, some patience, some some love of of this, uh, what could be crazy firm and fast. I mean, the, yeah. you've seen some of the videos people are posting on Instagram where they're dropping balls and and they're bouncing up past their waist. Uh, it is, it's, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, I mean, um, I, there are there are four guys clustered around at this value price right now, and I I, I might as soon as we get off this podcast, rush oh right out to my local telephone and place the call I need to place. <laughs> but listen to this. Brooks Kepka is available at 22 to 1. Tiger Woods is available at 22 to 1. Henrik Stenson is available at 28 um, to 1. <clears throat> yeah, well, let's see if he plays. He he just withdrew from the Scottish Open. Oh, no, uh, what happened? Claim, uh, elbow uh, tenderness. Oh, yeah. okay, strike Henrik Stenson. Yeah, Sorry, Henrik. I I <laughs> I mean, I can't wait to, to – I was all prepared to rush I right know. out. Frankie Molinari is sitting there right this second at 33-1. to 1. I haven't seen a ball-striking performance like what he put on at the, the here at the nation's capital, yeah. TPC at Avenel Farm, or whatever they're calling it now. I grew up <laughs> Potomac Farm, Potomac Tech. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I grew up calling it Avenel. That's the only way I know it. But the ball-striking display that he put on in that – on that Sunday, that 62, that was the 62 that could have been a 60 as well as he was uh, yeah. striking it. it was, he just didn't make one or two putts on the front because he made every putt on the back. Uh, 33 to 1 is simply delicious, Shaq. I, I can't disagree. He's going to be a very popular choice. I, I The only thing I would say is try and hold on to see if he, you know, isn't just so-so position after 36. But ah, go for it, House. You, you know you have my blessing. <laughs> Thank all you. Right. Thank you. Now, more importantly, all right, so why did we have Matt Ryan on to preview the Scottish Open house? Well, it's actually very simple. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons quarterback, who was the, the third pick overall in 2008 and from Boston College, uh, who led them to an incredible 25-7 uh, and seven record in 32 starts, and the MVP in 2016 when he led the Falcons to the Super Bowl, only to lose to the... Uh, the dynasty that is the New England Patriots in an incredible game. Matt is a student of golf, and he has become a student of golf course architecture and, in particular, Lynx Golf House because one of the owners of the Atlanta Falcons, John Imlay, who passed away a few years ago, but was one of the foremost collectors of important golf art that he would he would probably overpay for uh, to salvage and to save. And he has this incredible home on the seventh green at North Berwick, and that is now owned by another one of the the, the Falcons uh, owners who bought it after after Mr. Imlay passed away. And um, every year, Matt goes there with a group of of teammates and owner types and executives and and friends of the Falcons, and they uh, hang out at North Berwick and then branch out and play golf elsewhere in Scotland. He usually does this in June. This year, his wife gave birth to twins, so he did not go. And uh, he is a a man who loves his East Lothian golf, which is the, the the region where the Scottish Open is this week, with North Berwick and Muirfield and Gullen, and the place where I always advocate if somebody you want to make a trip to Scotland, it's the perfect place to go because you can get a bunch of different experiences, all within a nice 
very, very close area that's also uh, in nice proximity to Edinburgh, one of the most beautiful cities in the world, and and not too far from the old course at St. Andrews. So that is why we had Maddie Ice on today. So uh, I think without further ado, unless you have anything you want to say. I can't um, wait to hear Maddie Ice. Let's get on right, with it. Let's go. All right. Well, here he is joining us now, Matt Ryan, uh, because when you think Scottish Open golf and Lynx golf, you think the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing great, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited because this is, is Lynx golf season, and uh, I was particularly thrilled when you were on Callaway Live and and, and I got to meet you, and you, you mentioned your your affinity for the East Lothian area, which I, I, I had no idea that was coming and, and shocked me. So... Tell us a little bit how you you got into to uh, golf in Scotland and, and in particular the the area where where uh, we're kicking off a couple big weeks here in the uh, the Lynx golf season. Yeah, so um, I got drafted to Atlanta in 2008, and one of our minority owners at the time, a guy John Inlay, uh, had a house in North Berwick and was a huge golfer. And so my backup quarterback and I, Chris, and at the time. Um, you know, we're having lunch with John one day, and he mentioned about coming over. Um, I really didn't know much about it at all, other than, you know, maybe the old course and uh, Carnoustie and stuff like that, the open rota. But we went over that summer, and we stayed at John's house in North Berwick and uh, had a blast. Uh, you know, really enjoyed it. And then it, it sort of became a summer tradition for us. And, uh, you know, I went over there with my dad and brothers. I went with uh, some other teammates. And would spend, you know, a week there every summer and uh, just fell in love with the golf over there. The people, just everything about it was really cool. Um, you know, and unfortunately, John passed away probably three or four years ago. Uh, you know, but uh, the minority owners, a group of guys ended up buying his house and kept the tradition going. So it was kind of this weird, not weird, but this cool um, connection between you know, the Atlanta golf community and, and East Olympia. Uh, some of the clubs over there. So I've really enjoyed uh, spending some time over there and getting to know the golf courses. Yeah. So what are some of your favorites? Cause I know you, you didn't, I mean, you have a great setup there at, at Mr. Emley's uh, home and, and, and uh, so I believe it's on the seventh green and uh, I know you've, you've played some evening golf after dinner kind of thing, but, but where else have you played and what else do you love besides obviously North Berwick? Well, yeah, I mean, the setup is, is pretty unbelievable where we stayed. And you're right, it's, it's uh, just off the seventh green. And, you know, probably my favorite stretch of golf in, in Scotland is the little loop that goes out there from the seventh, you know, eighth, ninth, and tenth, and then wind back around and play the eleventh and then walk back in. Uh, mm. We're doing that after dinner. It was one yeah. of my favorite things to do. Uh, but, you know, other than that, I mean, Mirfield right down the street, that's tough to beat. I mean, the routing there is so good. Um, you know, it's so much fun to play, you know, the alternate platform that and uh, to have lunch and, uh, you know, get to meet the members and, and, and get to time there is a lot of fun. Uh, Garland's really good, you know, down the street. Yeah. Uh, from there as well. And, and where it's coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. So it's, um, you know, there's no shortage of, of really good golf courses in that small little area. And it probably stacks up against any of, uh, any of the great areas in the world that play golf, you know, whether you talk about Long Island or, you know, Long Island up in Hampton. I mean, that little stretch in East Lothian is probably as good as any place in the world. Were you a an immediate 
convert to golf in Scotland or did having somebody like John Imlay, who was uh, just a, an incredibly passionate uh historian and and lover of i guess he's a he was really a bobby jones fanatic but also a, a lover of golf in scotland did did he kind of help uh prepare you for for links golf and 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 understanding what uh makes it tick well you know i'm a high ball hitter with a lot of spin and so <laughs> uh it's not the you know the perfect balance uh you know for links golf so it took a little time uh, to, you know, to to play well uh, in those conditions. But you know, it's immediate when you go into the town and you just get a feel for the vibe, uh, how important the game of golf is uh, in each of the communities. Um, you know, what a big part of of each community the golf course in their town is. Uh, that you know, to me, that hits you instantly, uh, and, and that kind of is what makes you fall in love with. Uh, we're playing links golf and, and particularly in that area. So that part was immediate. Uh, but once I started playing a little bit better, uh, you know, got squared up with the guys from Calaway to get me a little two iron that works to keep it below the wind over there. Nice. Uh, that that kind of changed my, uh, success rate over there. Uh, how did you get into golf? So, you know, I played a little bit growing up. My dad, um, uh, you know, played a little bit. So, you know, probably you know, two or three times a year, um, uh, you know, when I was younger or through high school, uh, we would go out with my dad and play. And then, you know, I didn't play much in college uh, up in Boston. But when I got drafted to Atlanta, um, you know, we had so much time during our offseason. So I was, I was single, uh, you know, uh, just dating my wife partly at the time. She was working. So I had, you know, from the month of February until, you know, we started in July, I had you know, six or eight hours a day that I spent over at the golf course. I got great instruction from a guy, Mike Lipnick, at TPC Sugarloaf in Duluth, uh, Georgia, and that kind of got me going. I started to get a little bit better and, and uh, started playing well, and after that, I was hooked. And you have a, a charity event House was uh, wanting to know about uh, the, the Monday after the Masters at Sugarloaf. Is that right? We do. So, it's, you know, we've, we've been doing a uh, an event there for, uh, gosh, maybe eight years now. Um, so it's a Monday after the Masters, but it's perfect timing. It's it's the Monday before the championship event uh, that is at uh, you know TPC Sugarloaf. So the golf course is is perfect. It's one of the few places that overseeds still in Atlanta. So uh, that winter, you know, golf with Ben Greens and, and overseed. It's you know it's a ton of fun to play in that play that golf course in that condition. Um, you know, it's it's a really good event. We raise a lot of money for children's health care in Atlanta. Uh, which is, you know, now being a father, I've got two twin boys that uh, both spend some time there. It's, uh, you know, it's a great cause and, and uh, something that you can't really raise enough money for. So uh, I'm proud to be part of that. So now, you, your congratulations on on being a new father, but it it also meant um, no golf trip to to Scotland this year. Is that right? Is it <laughs> is it kind of cut back on your golf? Uh, but definitely, you know, not playing as much golf as as uh, as I'm accustomed to. Uh, for good reason, you know Scotland will be there. I'll get back to those golf courses uh, and some of that links. You know, hopefully, I have two uh, two guys who are in the future. Yeah, you'll you'll be trying to put a club in their hand at a pretty young age. You think you you, you think it'll be a good sport for a lifetime? I'll be honest with you. My wife sent me a picture one morning. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, my my one son had his kind of hand in an interlock grip. And she was like, it's kind of sick that I know what this is. I thought you would like it. So that's like, 
That's one of my favorite pictures of my son so far. Yeah, good sign. Awesome. Um, so will you be watching? Uh, do you watch a lot of golf? Do you, you know, or is it during the season you, I know you, you put the clubs away. Do you, do you kind of stay in touch though with the sport? I, you know, it's, it's tough because, um, to be honest with you, the fall, the fall swing, you know, once, once the tour championship finishes up, yeah. this year, there's, there's a lot of stuff, which is cool, but, you know, I don't follow as, as closely during the fall. Um, for me, it's kind of tournament of champions. Uh, you know, that kind of kicks off the golf season where I start watching again. But, uh, I'm pretty good about it. I watch a lot of golf throughout the year and uh, enjoy it. You know, it's one of my, one of my favorite sports to, to watch and, you know, just to see how good these guys are and um, their talent levels and, and all of that stuff. It's, uh, it's one of my favorite things to watch. All right, so now you you put the clubs away during the season, but uh, we we had a question from uh, listener Harry from uh, Carlsbad, California, and uh, he 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 wants to know uh, when you uh, shut it down the way you do, uh, how long does it take to uh, get your game back? First of all, when do when do you actually start practicing again after the season? How long do you wait, and then and then how long? Because you you have a you have a nice low handicap. does it, is it, does a lot go away or do you get it back pretty fast? You know what? Uh, well, you know, I usually start playing when I start to feel good. And so that could be, you know, it's just different every year. Some some years it takes yeah. a little bit longer to, uh, to feel good enough to go out and hit some balls. But, uh, it's starting to come back faster than it used to, uh, which is good. Hmm. I feel like that's a sign that, um, you know, I guess my mechanics and, and, uh, things like that are, are, are better than they used to be. Uh, but it takes, you know, usually three or four weeks to start scoring, you know, halfway decent. Um, you're putting and tipping. It's amazing how quickly, uh, that just disappears. Um, <laughs> you know, typically I can hit my irons and, uh, keep the ball, you know, in play decent, but, uh, that putting and tipping just takes a little bit of time to come back. Now, and we're, uh, we're getting you kind of here as you're starting to, to ramp up for training camp. Do what, when do the clubs go away for you or are they already have? No, they, uh, they usually go away <laughs> the day before training camp. <laughs> oh, okay. It's always, it's always like one of my best friends right before we leave for training camp. And so it's like, gosh, I don't really want to be putting these away right now, but, um, but one of the things you, you, you mentioned to Harry on when you were on Callaway live is that, that, and I thought this was really interesting and, and I think would might be a little bit surprising to a lot of people, but you have found that, that golf has been beneficial to you physically in the off season, just in terms of uh, flexibility. 100%. You know, it's, it, it, you hear so much teaching, especially within the golf swing, that, you know, everything starts from the ground up and, um, you're creating force and rotation and all of those things from your feet uh, up. And that's the same thing with throwing the ball. And so, you know, the movement uh, and, and the mobility and the flexibility that you have to maintain to, to hit the golf ball well uh, are the same, uh, you know, it's the same patterning that, that uh, you use when you throw a football. So it's really good uh, in terms of, of keeping my mobility uh, where it needs to be uh, for throwing the ball. And then, you know, all of the training that I do uh, to help me professionally, you know, then actually helps my golf game too. It's perfect right now. Hmm. How, what, what's the, that that component that that last part that you do in the in the in the football that helps with the golf? Tons of you know hip rotation work and, and strengthening um, you know my hips um, and sequencing. I mean, really, 
you know, we talk about when I'm throwing a football of firing the hips first and kind of, you know, you hear that term all the time in golf of clearing your hips. Uh, it's the same thing with getting those hips rotated, you know, to, to the left and, and, and your upper body kind of staying behind the ball. Uh, you know, it's the same thing throwing. You kind of want to stay, you know, behind it when you're throwing and let those hips clear first and kind of create, you know, with your arm that same lag that you would create with the golf club. It's that same whip type motion. Um, you know, that we're working on. And so, you know, it's perfect. I can be trained to, to try and be the, you know, absolute best quarterback I can be. And, you know, a byproduct of it is that I've gotten, you know, a little bit longer, a little bit more athletic in my golf swing as well. All right, a couple more things. Uh, House wants to know what your favorite golf course food is, since he is a food podcaster as well. Oh, um, I'd probably say the milkshakes that I've had at Whisper Rock. Uh, ah. <laughs> that was probably the best milkshake I've ever had. Yeah, they are rather legendary. What? What? I. I. I've. I mean. I. I've never I don't had even a... know what was in it. Uh, <laughs> it was like a, it was just a, a concoction of a lot of different things. Uh, but that was. Uh, it's like that was one of those things you'll never forget. Uh, all right. What? Uh, what's your favorite hole at North Berwick? Cool. Um... I mean, you described the loop. That's an which impossible is really cool. question. Yeah, that, that is an impossible question. The wall hole is pretty cool because you never see anything like that again, and I've ruined so many rounds of golf uh, not being able to, you know, hit a sixty-degree wedge off the tight line of the wall. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's original Dan. I mean, it's tough to beat that. That's yeah, such a good par, you know, such a good shot at a critical time of the round when you're playing a good match. Um, those are probably two that, that that jump out at me. How about yourself? Uh, I'm I'm partial to uh, that stretch, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. I, I love perfection, the fourteenth, just because uh, it's it's so so goofy and so uh, not perfect. I love the name of it. It's just it's just bizarre, but it's there's something about that blind shot when you get over the the, the second the shot there. in. Yeah. The second shot in is unbelievable. Yes, it's it's just the it's whole thing that is big pole that they have out there. Yeah, and it's just it's just fun that it, it's it's gone from a course that was viewed as uh, having so many so many goofy holes and so many um, just you know the word quirky was always used, and now the the word is used in a great way that it's it's just every hole has something memorable and fun about it, and and it's it's been fun to see how people have changed in my lifetime uh, in their their uh their view of the place so if uh somebody was going to go on a golf trip to scotland you you guys have branched out and played other places on these this uh, annual trip that you 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 normally do what what would be your advice to to people uh making it the, the the voyage over there for uh say like a once in a lifetime type golf trip oh oh man it's uh <laughs> do it more than once. That would be like yeah. I know. There's so much uh, to cover. Yeah. There's so much. Um, you know, for sure, for sure, the golf courses that you mentioned in East Bobian, you have to play North Berwick. You know, if you have the opportunity to be able to play in Northfield, you got to play it. Going's really good. I would play there. Um, you know, over on the West Coast, I really like Trent. Um, You know, just uh, if the wind's blowing, it's one of the toughest places to play, but it's awesome. Uh, there's a great membership there too. A, a, a ton of members over there who are really, really nice, good people. Um, Western Downs over there, 
and say Toonbury, it, it, they're really good. So if you wanted to do that West Coast trip, is is fantastic. You have to go to Olympic Park. You have to go to St. Anthony's. It's one of the coolest towns uh, going. But, you know, King's Barnes is really good over there. Uh, you know, beautiful setting. Um, I mean, I've never done up north, and so that's kind of my next bucket list thing. I'd love to go up uh, and play, you know, some of the golf courses up in the north where there's storm deck games. Uh, yeah. To get up there and, and to see some of the different places up there would be fantastic. Yeah, that that area is is really incredible now, and and it's easier to get to. And uh, Brora is is just an incredible place, and uh, Dornick is uh, of course uh, amazing. And uh, but then there's Castle Stewart and Nairn, and you're not ridiculously far from from Cruden Bay, which is another absolute must. So you you uh, and it's beautiful. I've still up got there. some work to do, man. Yeah, well, it's like it's a ridiculously spread out. I mean, it's just it's, it's a unbelievable how many great courses they have. But it's kind of nice at least they're in regions and that area up there's now become uh and that well, there's another place called Lossie Mouth that that these military jets are landing right over you as you're playing and it's it's got great holes. It's an old Tom Morris course and you just go there and you go like, "Wow, if you put this in other places, it would be uh, world famous, but they just have so many great links that uh, it's a it's a wealth of riches. Well, we'll let you uh, get ready for your your uh, preparation. You're out here on the West Coast, getting ready for the season and enjoying some uh, cooler weather and working on your uh, your football game and and um, and hopefully you're getting a little golf while you're out here too. Uh, so we we thank you, Matt. We we apologize that you didn't get to go to Scotland this year, but it was for good reason. And hopefully you'll you'll get back uh, next year, but Thank you for getting us in the mood for uh, the Scottish Open. You got it, man. I look forward to watching it. All right. Well, we thank Matt Ryan again for joining us from from Southern Cal, where he's getting ready for the season and still getting in a little last-minute golf before he puts his uh, Callaway clubs away. And by the way, go to uh, the interweb and and search Matt Ryan and watch that episode of Callaway Live with Harry Arnett. It's a uh, phenomenal episode. He talks a lot about golf and few of the things that we discussed on the on the show today i think it's just how utterly fascinating that that um that after all the years we hear about how hard golf is on your back that here's here's a top athlete uh highest paid player in the nfl uh who looks to golf to to maintain his flexibility and 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 in a way his strength and nimbleness in the off season i think that's yeah. kind of wild it, it's and insane loves, but it, and he loves golf and he's lothian what's what's not to love <laughs> it's insane but it makes sense the flexibility part i i really enjoyed that um, anyway, our show today, as always, was brought to you by Callaway, makers of Odyssey. They won the punter count at all eight majors so far this year and probably will again at the Open Championship in a couple weeks. So uh, I noticed a lot of uh, Odysseys in the bag again at the Greenbrier. Uh, that I, I thought I saw Harold y, uh, Varner with a little bit of a, a, a white hot face there on his putter. And, of course, uh, Kelly Kraft in that second place finish was going with the Odyssey. So, House, what have you got to uh, Coming up on House of Carbs of note that we should be carving out some time for. Yeah, build, build in a little bit of time before next week's Shack House for uh, a crossover podcast coming up. I was with the inimitable David Chang. We did some eating together at the Momofuku in Las Vegas, an incredible mm. experience. And we had the head chef there as well as the, uh, the head of the entire Momofuku culinary Empire, both as nice. guests, uh, and and it was a great conversation. I think everybody's going to leave um, very hungry. Very cool, uh, awesome. Well, I look forward to that. 
And uh, we will have an interesting schedule. I think we're going to try to do our normal major schedule. We'll have a, a preview show on Monday. I'll, I'm going to get out to Carnoustie uh, mid-morning, and we'll have a look around and get a good look at the links and see what's going on and confirm that it's uh, playing uh, a certain way. And and I know that if you've, if you've watched any of the old Carnoustie Opens, it's going to be zany no matter how firm and fast it is. Uh, crazy things happen on those last few holes. So, House, we'll have a Monday show, and then I think we'll do a pop-up, and, and we'll uh, wrap it up on Sunday night. Yeah, that, that, is, that is our major way, our major play. And I think it's going to be – I mean, I'm, I'm just really fired up for Thursday to arrive and start getting some of this khaki haze, the baked-out browns. Those really are the, pro, the, 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 the colors of choice here on the Shackers! Part of the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.